Welcome to the Harvest Time Podcast. Harvest Time is a faith community reaching and embracing real people, engaging them in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit harvesttime.net. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Go real fast in John chapter 11. I realize that uh, tonight you came expecting to see Josh Mayo, and uh, Josh is on some serious steroids. He blew up real fast, and uh, Josh could not get in because of air travel issues with uh, coming into Fort Smith, so he'll be here for the conference. That should not be a problem, but uh, he did all he could to be here. He tried to fly himself to get here, but just, uh, just couldn't get out of Atlanta. So anyway, get your Bibles. Go real fast to John chapter 11, and while you're turning, I want to share with you a thought. Um, this past summer, we went to on vacation. Uh, we took a long drive, and Anybody ever made a decision to go somewhere and then the drive got longer every second than you thought it was going to be when you first took off and, and, and you just couldn't turn back? And so we set a course of taking a week's vacation, about maybe eight days, and we're going to leave Fort Smith, Arkansas and going to drive north and go to Mount Rushmore and then come across the west, the northwest there and hang out and go over to uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming and go to that really, really big park. What's that park called? Yellowstone, a beautiful place. And in Yellowstone, there's a thing called Old Faithful. Anybody ever heard of Old Faithful before? And so I've heard about Old Faithful my entire life, and I thought, man, I've got to go see Old Faithful. I mean, I've got to see this because this is a magnificent thing to see. And so it was a rainy day in the park. We came in the park on the day it was raining. How many know you can't control the rain uh, over Yellowstone Park? It, it rains when it wants to. And so it's raining. We're getting there, and it's kind of coming down, not bad, but just enough to annoy you. And so we, uh, we run up there, and, and this geyser goes off every so many minutes. And there's a little chart there that says, hey, if, you know, it'll, be, it'll be this long from this time and that, this long from that time. It's very confusing, you know, think for a second. And we get up there, and I mean, I'm in line, and, I, and I'm, I'm standing, I'm looking over all these tourists. There's hundreds of people watching this, and they're just looking at this hole in the ground. They're just staring. And I'm thinking, it's a hole, but it's all faithful. This is going to be magnificent, and I've got to watch. And so I stand there in the rain. I've got my camera out. I've lost track of my kids and my wife, my mom-in-law who's with us on the trip, and my nephew. They're missing somewhere, but that's okay because this is Old Faithful, and we've got to see this. This is a great experience. And I watched it go off, and here this geyser goes up in the air. And I thought to myself, that's it? That's, I just, don't get me wrong, it's beautiful, but I just did all that for this? Last night, my son and his uh, cousin, maybe more, maybe more than one of them, went over to uh, IHOP. They had free pancakes, I guess. And they went and waited in line for 40 minutes for free pancakes. And I got to tell you, I ain't waiting for 40 minutes for free anything, especially pancakes. Uh, well, some things, yes, but not pancakes for sure. I'm not sure they're worth paying for. And uh, I thought to myself, I said to Becky, I said, well, that must be what you do when you're 18. Now, I would have done that at 18 for sure. That's a fun thing when you're a teenager, true or false. But you get my age, you're like, 40 minutes for pancakes? I ain't doing that. I would have been very disappointed. Now, go back to Old Faithful. When I saw that go off, I thought, man, this is just not all what's cracked up to me. This is very disappointing. You know, in life, you're going to have disappointments. And I thought tonight, I just kind of had a message hit my heart when I was prepping for to speak tonight because I wasn't sure if Josh coming in or not. 
And then I realized that, that the message God put in my heart is called dealing with disappointments. Everybody say dealing. Come on, say dealing with disappointments. And I realized that tonight it's a disappointment because Josh isn't here. All of you are disappointed. So I thought this is spot on because this is a living example of how to deal with a disappointment. Go to John chapter 11. Check this out. John chapter 11, verse 17. This is a story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus and a guy named Jesus, the Son of God. John 11, verse 17. Here we go. It says, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus has already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come and consoled Mary and Martha in their loss. When, Mary, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now notice this. Lazarus is dead. She shows up, Martha does, and she says, Jesus, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. It is clear that they're battling a thing called disappointment. Now, let me help you tonight. All of us in this room and I have had disappointments, true or false. Now, a disappointment is a natural part of life. In fact, in parenting, one of the great things you can teach your kids is how to deal with normal disappointments. Life doesn't always go your way. Now, in this story, it's amazing because there's some thoughts here. First of all, disappointment comes with people. There's times in life that we're disappointed in somebody else. You say, Marty, who, is, who are they disappointed in? They were, this, Lazarus, he died. They were disappointed. He died. Lazarus, you died. What, what, what do you do that for? You're leaving me all here by myself. I've watched folks that go through loss and death, and then they look at the person who died and go, you left me, as if they had a choice. I mean, how many know very few, I mean, very few, barring extreme examples, very few people die on purpose. But I've watched people deal with loss from the side of feeling disappointed that somebody left them. What about this? There's times in life that you're disappointed in yourself. Anybody here ever disappoint yourself? Put your hand up high. My hands are up. What about this thought? They were disappointed in Jesus because he didn't show up at the right time. Sometimes, if you're honest with yourself, there are times that we are disappointed with God, true or false. All of us have been there. I prayed, nothing happened. I gave, nothing happened. I forgave, they still act mean. God, you said, if I forgive, they'll be better. And they still ain't corrected themselves. What am I going to do about that? Sometimes our disappointments come both in ourself and somebody else or even at times in God. Now listen to this real close and write this down. If you're taking notes, if you're not taking notes, write this down. Disappointments are not outside of God's purposes or plans. Disappointments are not outside of God's purposes or plans. I'm going to say it again. Disappointments are not outside of God's purposes and plans. Some people think that the sovereignty of God guarantees the smoothness of your life. In other words, if I give my life to God and get in line with everything he says in his book, everything is just smooth from here on out. And if it ever isn't smooth, he isn't God. I can promise you this, in the scripture, there are countless people, listen close, there are countless people that face all kinds of disappointments, including Mary and Martha. Now, go back real fast to John chapter 11, go to verse 5, go back up a few verses. Notice this. 
verses 5, 6, and 7. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. How many believe that Jesus loved Lazarus, Martha, and Mary? The Bible says he did. Well, if he loved them, he should have been here. That's a natural thought to have. Keep reading our text here. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Jesus could have gotten there before he died. But for whatever purpose, whatever plan, he made the decision to not take off and head there. Disappointments are not necessarily outside of God's plan or purpose of your life. Don't mistake the sovereignty of God for the smoothness of your journey. Because sometimes when life is going great, man, you're really gung-ho for God. He's in charge of my life, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah this, Jehovah that, Jehovah smooth life. We're living the dream, right? Because everything is going great. And then all of a sudden, bad things begin to happen. You begin to wonder, is there even a God? Does he love me? Listen, if he is God on a good day, he is God on a bad day. If he is God on the mountain, he is God in the valley. If he is God when you are well, he is God when you are sick. If he is God while you're rich, he is God while you're flat broke. Deal with disappointment. Don't lose the sight of the fact that he is always God and always sovereign and always good. Always has been, always will be. Never forget that for your life. Never mistake the smoothness of life and the sovereignty of God because they don't always seem to click in our natural thoughts, but they're always part of God's plan. For example, Jesus was betrayed. That's disappointing. Ever been betrayed before? They did it to him. They'll surely do it to you. If somebody betrayed, anytime you're betrayed, you might ask yourself the question, well, what did I do? Did, did I do something wrong? Where, where was my mistake? Now, to process this, Jesus Christ, was he the son of God? Was he sinless? Was he perfect? So what did he do wrong to be, to be betrayed? Nothing. You can do nothing wrong and still be what? Be betrayed. What about this? Ruth lost her husband. Brand new wife lost her husband. Within the shadow of the wedding, he's dead. And she's stuck in a foreign land with her mother-in-law. Uh, I'm, I'm sure some of you have great in-laws. I have great in-laws. But nobody ever marries for the in-laws. Can I get, I mean, now, now there's, there's some that are better than, uh, than others and some that are really bad and some that are great, certainly, but I don't know anybody who gets married for a certain in-law family. I mean, let's just be honest, they're part of what comes with the deal, true or false. I mean, that's just part of what happens. But Ruth, honey, why'd you say true? So I just, was awful loud on that part. Ruth lost her husband. What about this? David committed adultery. Talk about disappointing yourself. You've committed a horrible act and murder to go with it. Abraham had division in his own family. You ever have a family uh, fight? You ever have a family squabble or quarrel? Abraham did. They had a divorce in the desert. He and his nephew, you go this way, I go that way, or we're going to kill each other. That's the Sloan translation. It's a paraphrase, right to the point version. Paul, the apostle, Paul had a riff with a fellow minister of the gospel. Life is full of disappointments. You're going to have them. Um, what about this? I love this thought. Um, um, Joshua lost Moses. Moses was a leader of Israel. Joshua was a right-hand man. 
Moses died. And all of a sudden, Joshua is in charge. Without the leader, he came along to follow. Sometimes you can submit to follow somebody and something happens in their life. It's disappointing. What about this thought tonight? The disciples of Jesus felt fearful and alone and left when Christ said, hey, guys, this is John 14. He says, hey, guys, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. You're what? I'm leaving. You're what? I'm going. What do you mean you're going? We're in this together. You can't leave us here. We've got to hang out together. He goes, sayonara. That's Hebrew for goodbye. <laughs> he takes off later in the story. Now process this. They were disappointed. In life, you're going to have disappointments. What about a guy named Joseph? Sold by his family into slavery. Is that not disappointing? Can you process, and I don't know your story, and all of us have a different one for certain, but can you process your very own family selling you as a slave? Well, the good news is they got him out of the pit. They kicked off with the pit. They left him there for dead. And then they sell him as a slave. They made money off of him. Process this. That would be disappointing. But the cool part of his story is this. Later on, if you read back in Genesis, latter part of that book of Genesis, we see the idea that Joseph says, hey, guys, don't worry about this. You didn't do this, but God did this. He sent me in front of you to take care of you. Sometimes what we think is a disappointment is actually a divine opportunity for God to work in our life or in somebody else's life. So how do we deal with disappointments? All of us have them. All of us will always have them. Let me give you a promise verse. Write this down, Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20, don't lose this. Ephesians 3.20, check this out. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Exceedingly abundantly above all. That's a whole lot of more than words, is it not? Exceeding. Everybody say exceeding. Everybody say, come on, everybody say exceeding. Everybody say abundant. Everybody say more. Everybody say exceeding. Say abundant. Say more. Come on, say exceeding. Abundant or more. Watch what the Bible says, then we could ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever, and amen. You have a promise in scripture that we serve a God who is able to do exceeding and abundant and more than we could ever ask or think. So sometimes what you think is a disappointment is simply a doorway for God to work. Let me give you an example. I can process now Joseph. Joseph went from a family setting to being the head dog in the land. He took a rough road to get there, took a pit, took some slavery, took some challenging days, but he finds himself in a place of favor. What could have been disappointment and disconnecting his life, God used for divine blessing and favor. Don't tune out the fact that we serve a God who's all about exceeding, abundant, and more than we could ever ask or think. Now, real fast, how do you deal with disappointment? Number one, write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, you got to speak to the right person. you got to speak to the right people in your life. Mary and Martha went right to Jesus. Let me give you help right now. If you have disappointment and you're talking to folks who can't help solve it, all you're doing is stirring the pot and not solving your issues in life. 
When you face disappointment, stay off of Facebook and social media. The whole world's against me. Everybody hates me. So-and-so said this. Can't believe he said that. This happened, that happened. When you deal with disappointment in life, go to people that can solve the problem. Everything else just wasting time and stirring the pot of conversation. Deal with people, speak to people who can solve the issue. Jesus was the right person. Number two, stand on his promises in your life. You have promises from God's word about your life. Make sure you filter disappointment through the promises in the word of God. God's promised you this, that, the next thing, whatever it might be, make sure you embrace the idea that whatever he has said, he will do. God is not a man that he should lie. God will fulfill his word. He is a God of exceeding and abundant and a more God than we could ever ask or think. He is that kind of God tonight. Don't ever miss that. Don't ever lose sight of that. That's who he is. Stand on his promises. If you go back to John eleven twenty three, Jesus said, listen, he said, your brother will live. You got a promise about your kids, a promise about your finance, a promise about your health, a promise about your life. No matter how disappointed you are, don't lose sight of the promises that God's given to you. Here's what you got to do you got to get in the book, though. You got to read the Bible. That's where the promises are. The Word of God is a treasure chest of promises, but you got to open up and discover what they really are, and then you got to claim them every day of your life. Number three, fast. Number three, here we go. You got to pursue life, pursue life, pursue life. I love this because even though he was dead, he would live again. When you face a disappointment, don't assume that that is the end. As long as you have breath, keep on kicking, keep on ticking, keep on living, and always go after resurrection life. Here's a fact believers in Jesus Christ are people of life, not of death. We're given the promise of God that he's come to give us life full and more abundant. The trademark of the believer is life, not death. Go after life. Don't quit. This is the end. I'm doomed for forever. I know when you're in high school and college and years of single life, there's all kinds of leverage and pressure about dating and relationships. Listen to me. Don't let what one person thinks define your entire existence. Voila. Well, we broke up. Life is over. It may be a divine deliverance. Come on, that's worth clapping on. That's good right there. I'm helping some of you tonight. It may be God saving your hide. But I just can't make it if they don't talk to me. If that's how far they disconnect that quick, you don't want to talk to them anyway. Promise me that you'll always trust God's plan for your life. And promise me you'll always be people that seek to turn dead things back to life. Jesus said this. He said, hey, take me where the dead body is. I want to go after the dead body. I want to see it, and I want to bring you back to life. Believers in Jesus Christ are people of life. Now, check this out. Go real fast to John 10.10. This is a sidebar, but it's a nugget. You need to hear it. It's good. It's important. you got to get this. John 10.10. Watch this. You've heard it before. The thief comes not to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it what fuller and more abundant. The trademarks of Satan are death, displacement, and destruction. Death, displacement, and destruction. If your life feels displaced, guess who did that to you? 
If you feel destruction around you, guess where that comes from? If you feel death in your midst, guess where that comes from? But watch this. Here's a trademark of the Son of God. Life and abundance, exceeding and more, and life and abundance, exceeding and more, and life and abundance. Deal with disappointment by understanding the power of resurrection. Now, last thought on the whole thing about disappointments and dealing with the number four, last thought tonight, we're done. Sometimes you got to push past the stink. When they went to get Lazarus at the tomb, everybody said, Lord, he stinks by now. Say, Marty, define the stink. Well, the stink may be the conflict you don't want to have to deal with, the conversation you don't want to have. Sometimes disappointment, you've got to talk to somebody and say, hey, I'm disappointed in what's happened here. Don't hide from the smelly stuff in life. Life is not always rose petal smells. It's not. There are times that a conflict has to happen. A conversation must be had. A confrontation of what is right versus what is wrong. In today's culture, folks stand for anything as long as it doesn't cost them too much. We always pick the most comfortable place that costs us the least to take a stand. And we look down on those that take a stand as if they're being rude or inconsiderate. Have you realized that the tide has turned significantly on this issue? Don't be afraid to address the stinky stuff. Have that conversation. Make that phone call. But understand this. The only purpose of hitting the stinky stuff is to bring something back to life. If your goal is more death, just let it lay there. But if your goal is life, I promise you this. God will give you the strength to push past the stinky stuff in life and bring that thing back to life. God, we thank you tonight for your word. I thank you that in our disappointments in life, you can give us strength. I thank you, God, that you're true and just and holy. Now, tonight we ask that you be with us and give us reliance upon you like never before. God, we thank you. We thank you. I want to just pause right now in this moment and keep your head bowed and your eyes closed across the house real fast. In your life tonight, if you've battled some disappointments, had a hard time dealing with them. It may be in a parent, it may be in a child, or maybe in a boss, or maybe in a church, or a pastor, or a spouse, or somebody. But you've had disappointment. Tonight, if you're here and you want God to touch your heart, I want you just to raise your hand just across so I can pray with you. Maybe you'd be a friend, or somebody you'd hope to do life with, maybe a failed marriage. But just tonight, you just feel some disappointment. You're not sure all the details, and we don't have time to go through it, and you know you don't want to anyway right here. But I just want you to know that whether you're here tonight in this house, you're watching online, that God loves you and God cares about you. Father, I thank you for those that are here tonight who by faith have put their hand forward and simply said, God, I've got some disappointments in my life. God, I pray you will minister to them tonight. I pray you give them strength. Lead them in a path that brings them to life. Bring life back into their existence. Let them be people of life. Let resurrection powers surround them, heal their hurts, give them courage. 
Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. It's always encouraging to know how God is touching lives through this ministry. So if you have a story of how God is working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at share at harvesttime.net.